0: Support for the Rider Show is provided in part by Rich's Custom Seats. Do long days on the road take their toll on your body? That's because stock seats and generic aftermarket seats don't fit anybody. Have your motorcycle seat custom fit to your body. Improve your ergonomic positioning and enjoy long days in the saddle with a Rich's Custom Seat. Just a ferry ride from Seattle. Experience a Rich's Custom Seat today. This is Rob from MotoFit Group. Welcome to the Rider Show.
1: Now live from the Crow's Nest studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today.
2: So I was cooking an egg on the glass top stove this morning. Sure. And uh, I went to flip it, mm-hmm. and like a bunch of the yolk got all over the top of the burner area, uh-huh. and it really stunk my kitchen
3: up. You know, that's a great way to head into June. I think talking about eggs. Yeah, but that's not why we're here. This isn't a Seattle dining show. That's true,
2: ladies and gentlemen. We want to welcome you to the June 2016 Soundwriter Show, and we got quite a jam-packed show here today.
3: That's right, and Tom is not yoking. We uh, we 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 have some interviews. Derek's going to be interviewing me, and I'll be interviewing Derek. That's right. We're going to be talking about a lot of sound rider stuff, and of course, motorcycling in the Pacific Northwest, as we always do.
2: And we've got a lot of calendar information.
3: So June's a jam-packed month; it always is. That's
2: going to be kind of a long section, I know. Um, but we always like to start off with a little bit of banter about yeah. what's going on, and uh, you know, we we have like. I don't know, we got like four or five different ways to look at our website stats.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, we've been, uh, well, we're coming up actually in about two years now, uh, you and I working together. Of course, soundwriter has been around many more years than that, but we've been doing a lot of work uh, trying things out, trying to get uh, the message out to people, and we've had a lot of success. Exactly. As a matter of fact, one of the features in the current issue
2: is about the back office stuff that we've been doing over the last two years. Sure and uh, talking about um, things that we've been changing around and, and moving forward with. and So uh, so I, I popped up some of the stats today.
3: So I'd love to hear some of the latest numbers, definitely.
2: And by the way, for those of you who follow stats using things like Google Analytics or the Bing Webmaster Tools, right. uh, they, they only tell half the story. It's better when you have a server-side stat reader, and we have that here. So That's right. we can really see what's going on on the inside without any filtering and that sort of thing. Um, so uh, as it turns out, um, we're at an all-time high on page reads,
3: which is awesome.
2: So we've we've never had so many page reads before, and uh, the people who come to the site spend more time on our site doing page reads than than a typical site. We're pretty we're, we're, Typical site's about, like, one or two page reads. The
3: typical site looks like a gnat visits it. There's absolutely no attention span, it seems like. Yeah,
2: and we're almost up to five page reads per visit. Right,
3: which, you know, if you're kind of new to Soundwriter, that archive goes back 16 years here. I mean, you click on some of the latest stuff. We always have updated new articles every month. But there is stuff back in the archive that is timely uh, today, just as it was when it was written 16 or 15 years ago. And that's
2: always kind of been the plan in the background. When we write an article, we want it to have an evergreen essence to it. Right. So we don't talk necessarily about somebody specific in the parts department that everybody likes at the dealer. Right. Because we don't know if that guy's going to be there in a year or two. So we just kind of give a good overview on what's going on. And so those articles, and it's fun, you know, when we do the things on social media where we throw those archive articles up. Sure. uh, It gives us a chance to go in, check through them, make sure everything's going to look good when it renders, and make sure the information is still informative, current
3: and that's kind of you know the mix here, as you and I and uh, the other people on the writing staff, we spend a lot of time trying to get out good articles that are you know well thought out and developed. But then we can match it with the timely and updated stuff through news bites, through the uh, social media that we do um, updated daily, and then also through uh, the calendar.
2: Uh, another thing that's at an all-time high is uh, subscriber sign-ups on month-to-month right now. Yeah, all-time high records. I've never seen so many people sign up every month.
3: What do you attribute that to? Do you think that has a lot to do with the social media efforts? I think it does. Yeah,
2: I think that it does, and I think that that's helping us to grow. You know, that that those subscribers. Because you know, it's one thing if we have your name on Facebook, but if we have you as a subscriber, we can send you the newsletter every month. And, right. And, uh, you which,
3: can, you know, even I'm involved in the day-to-day operations here, but still when that hits my inbox, I like that kind of reminder, like, oh yeah, like time to do a little research and go out and ride.
2: Yeah. In fact, uh, one of the guys who's been a long time subscriber told me the other day, he says he's always looked forward to getting his Soundwriter newsletter. Sure. And now he has something else to look forward to every month and that's listening to the show.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, thank you to a mystery fan out there. Definitely. <laughs>
2: All right. So, uh, some of the popular stories recently, um, a few are in the archive and some of are recurrent. Uh, the motorcycle camping myths and realities. Yeah. Now, when that article gets hot like that, I always wonder, there's got to be people out there that are starting to think about doing some motorcycle camping that yeah. haven't
3: done it before. Yeah. And it's a lot different
2: now than it was 10 or 15 years ago.
3: A lot of things have changed, definitely. What um, are some of those maybe two or three tips that you might give for some of our listeners on some of the updated camping, uh, maybe gear or equipment or procedures?
2: Well, if you're if you're willing to spend over $100 on a tent and they told you that the tent is waterproof, yeah. it's probably waterproof. Right.
3: <laughs> it wasn't like that before. That's true, yeah. Tents have uh, really improved in quality and uh, got gone down in cost a little bit over the last decade.
2: The technology on sleeping bags. Bags is awesome they're just super lightweight and they'll keep you warm down into the 40s and they the 30s pack so the 20s, small. and they pack up so small yeah. now you know it's not like getting those bed rolls and rolling them up and right. bungeeing them to your handlebars it's a something. little
3: bit different yeah that's for sure
2: uh the air mats that they make now those are nice they're, they you know, going get like three inches of loft instead of that thermo jive where your your hip was always on the ground right and so, uh, and I think, you know, maybe this is a sign of where the economy is going. I think we all agree at some point here, we're going to be looking at a recession in front of us and people are starting to think about how to save money when they're touring.
3: Yeah. And just a lot of dual sport riders in the last decade too. And it's been, it's a lot of fun to get out there, ride your, uh, ride your motorcycle and do some camping.
2: So this is always a popular story. And I think it's because it's been seated in the search engine so long, but the uh, buying a dual sport yep. that we have. That's uh, that's a popular one. Now, one that came on the radar this month that I hadn't seen come up for a long time was the uh, Oregon Backcountry Discovery Route. Sure. And if anybody can remember back that far to about 2000 and, wow, it was like 1999, 2000. It's been a while. When uh, Tom Myers from TourTech uh, went off and rode the whole OBDR the way it was originally written, now there's like
3: six different alterations of it. Those first incarnations, though, were pretty gnarly, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right? there
2: a, there's a, some really sandy sections, yeah. really rocky sections. And I, I, honestly, I've been riding so many other places over the last few years, I've not got never gotten a chance to go down and ride the new routes that they've created alongside of the original.
3: Well, I remember reg- originally, too, it was such kind of uh, oriented towards a small group. I think there was a few sort of gray area trespassing issues, too, right? Like through some, not on the OBDR. Not on the OBDR? On the WABDR, the w- yeah. Oh, it's right, yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Um, another popular article, actually it's a series of three, is uh, David Huff's Cornering
3: Control. Which is just chocked full of good information, and that's something that people again and again return to that want to be better and better because cornering is something that takes practice, right? I mean, you can lose your skill set pretty quickly on that.
2: And and there's a number of people who have different theories about the best ways to corner, where your line should be, and all that. Sure.
3: Counter-steering.
2: And I say, you know what? Um, read them all. Yeah. And then pick what feels best to you and and is you know safe enough for you. Yeah.
3: Go out at a little bit of a lower speed and uh, try them all out and uh, stay safe, stay upright, but find the one that works best.
2: Another one that came back up on the uh, radar this month was the Poker Run Basics article.
3: That always amazes me how much interest there are in poker runs and how they work.
2: And a popular new one this month was the Hood Canal. I call it the Hood Canal Food Fest article. Sure. So that got a lot of reads. Uh, the other one that got really a lot of activity through Facebook was your article on the 10 uh, places to get writing skills.
3: Yeah, that's class. right. So after last month's episode, we had a couple of interviews with uh, you know a few guys involved in some of the regional training schools here, and you had made that suggestion to uh, maybe maybe put together a list – and uh, a little write-up on some of those next-level classes. And, uh, of course, we're always preaching to the choir here at the Soundwriter audience, but continuing education, it's important in motorcycling.
2: Absolutely. yeah. And we're always watching to see where our referrals come from. And uh, uh, ever since the beginning, it's always been the search engines, of yep. course. So, sure. so Google, number one, uh, Yahoo's in there somewhere, Bing's in there somewhere. But in between all that is uh, Facebook, and specifically Facebook mobile. Right. That's an interesting one to be seeing.
3: Well, that's because more and more people, you know, I mean, their primary device is their phone. You know, more and more reading being done away from the computer screen or even tablets. I mean, we're seeing, I think, a little bit of a decrease even in, like, uh, iPads and that kind of thing.
2: And I would imagine that's telling us, and we can go into Facebook and look at some of the stats. I think our demographic on age is lower, it's younger, Mm -hmm. because old guys like me, 56 years old, I don't want to... Mess around with a phone right. all the time. Um, and I know, yeah, tablets do get counted as mobile. Um, but nonetheless, sure, uh, lots of action there. Uh, I, here's a surprising one. You know we have a sister publication called Seattle Dining. Mm-hmm. And on Soundrider, if you look on the right-hand side, it says, Have you met my sister, Right, Seattle Dining? And you can click there and go and see our Seattle Dining magazine. That's right. Well, now on Seattle Dining, it says, Have you met my brother,
3: Soundrider? Sure.
2: And we're getting a huge amount of
3: referrals off of that link from Seattle Dining. Well, that's exciting, definitely. And why not, too, right? Food and motorcycling, uh, they go hand-in-hand, if you ask me.
2: Yeah, that's right. why they like that Hit Canal Food Fest stories.
3: Definitely, absolutely. Well, and there's a lot of great suggestions in there just for places to ride in addition to the restaurants. And,
2: and thanks to everybody who gave us feedback on places that we may have missed. Now, mind you, most of those were pretty greasy spoons, and I'm sure. not going to add them. But uh, I'm glad to see you guys reading and letting us know you want some of your favorites in there, too. Um, let's see. Now, uh, some of the popular things that we did on social media this month, we've always known that we have people who like the old bikes. Definitely. And so we put the link up for uh, Rolf e. Mogabe's Hodaka review and got a lot of action on that one. Uh, another one that got a lot of action was uh, the Run for the Border, which was a... Uh, event that was run out of Wenatchee, out of the Harley-Davidson shop in Wenatchee. Oh,
3: yeah, that's right, for, uh, yeah, the Harley-Davidson shop, yeah. Yeah. Now, that's uh, going north, I assume, and not south. I hope. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It'll be like a three-week tour if you can't go south. (laughs) It'll take a little while, yeah. (laughs) Uh, The
3: picture we put up of Vista House being the million-dollar rest stop. In, what was that, 1911? It cost a million dollars, though, right? In 1917. 1917, Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so, uh, so that got a huge amount of response
3: on it. You know, I've never been there. Is that worth a, uh, a, a detour, maybe, or at least a pit stop?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You should go stop in on your way to the rally in a gorgeous summer. That's an excellent suggestion. And yeah. we may have it on the routes, but uh, it's going to be a busy summer up there because this is the centennial for the road.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. This is the 100th the year. summer they'll be doing the 100th year. Oh, interesting. So mm-hmm. you couldn't do it next year because that would be 101, right? That's true. Yeah, it wouldn't have quite the same uh, appeal.
2: Um, the other thing that we've we've started doing, and I mentioned this in the article, is uh, we're moving the Soundwriter blotter to the Twitter feed. Right. So, it's part now, of News Bites
3: and. Yeah, mm-hmm. to News Bites. Right.
2: So, when we have a blotter piece, we'll always start it off with a hashtag SR blotter. And. Uh, and then that migrates right onto the Facebook page as well. So even if you're not a, uh, using Twitter or reading our right. News Bites column, you'll be able to see those when they come up.
3: And then usually, though, in the blotter, uh, just in case people haven't had a chance to check that out, those are kind of more, more interesting stories that kind of revolve around uh, characters or interesting incidents. I think the latest one that you had up there was um, about a truck. Was it effectively, excuse me, a motorcycle, effectively crashing into the back of a pickup truck? no is that not on there
2: uh you're talking about the one about the silverton guy who yeah when uh oh oh you about the, the one where the truck, guy truck, went in right? the back of the truck yeah in port port townsend that's right yeah yeah
3: that's one of them yeah <laughs> 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 lots of interesting stories <laughs> on the blotter right? that's the point that off. yeah
2: <laughs> all right well we're gonna take a little break here and then uh, when we come back we're gonna get into news bites and we will talk about another blotter incident
3: at awesome that point. stick around the other side of the break Live and in concert during Pendleton Bike Week, it's Three
1: Dog Night.
0: Jeremiah was a bullfrog.
1: Performing one night only, Saturday, July twenty third at eight thirty p.m. Don't miss your chance to see this legendary band perform at the world famous Happy Canyon Arena in Pendleton, Oregon, with hits like. Get your tickets now online at PendletonBikeWeek.com. Don't wait. Your Three Dog Night ticket includes free admission to the Motorcycle Stunt Show and awesome after party. Get your tickets at PendletonBikeWeek.com. Pendleton Bike Week, July 20th through 24th. Three Dog Night, live Saturday, July 23rd at Pendleton Bike Week. Sponsored by 921 Party FM. This is Patrick Henry from Hinshaw's Motorcycle Store. You're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Hi, I'm Greg from Goldendale, Washington. Only lived out here a year, but there's all kind of great roads to ride, and I haven't found them all yet.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this June episode of the Sound Rider Show. We're talking news bites, everything latest and greatest here in the world of motorcycling in the Pacific Northwest. And we're doing a lot of active reporting here in this episode. And I've uh, got some new stuff coming in. Also, have some stuff that's been coming in over the past couple of days and weeks. Tom, why don't you bring your listeners up to speed?
2: How, how long was that break we just did? About what, 52 seconds? Yeah, it was pretty quick. Well, I, I made two very important phone calls during that time and uh, fixed dispelled one rumor and confirmed another
3: one. Well, that's why you keep that phone on your hip just in your holster there, right? You pull that thing out like a six-shooter.
2: I can't believe I talked to those people
3: that fast. Well, hey, man, this is uh, a world-class publication here. We don't mess around.
2: So we're going to dispel one rumor right now. Uh, There was a rumor going around that Vespa, Seattle, Big People scooters
3: had sold. Sure. Not true. Okay, so staying with the same ownership. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good.
2: Uh, but the other one that is confirmed, and and we were able to confirm this off the website too, is that um, the Royal Enfield OEM franchise right. has moved from Scootabout up to Triumph of Seattle. Oh, interesting. And what's happening in that is that uh, the company isn't using a third-party broker for U.S. sales anymore. Sure. And they want to tighten up and, and reduce the number of dealers. And I think we talked with this woman back in October about
3: We did about at the this. International Motorcycle Show in Portland. Yeah.
2: So mm-hmm. they want to streamline the number of dealers they have. They want to have uh, product in larger shops. And, and they have minimum order requirements that these small little shops can't do. And so.
3: that was part of the, uh, the discussion that we had, um, and I'm uh, forgetting uh, the young lady's name that we spoke with, but um, that was revolving around at the time they were opening up, Royal Enfield, that is, was opening up sort of a U.S. headquarters in Milwaukee. Yeah. They had a couple of former Harley-Davidson people on, and they were really going to try to target uh, the quote-unquote millennial market with some of these lower-priced entry-level bikes. And this seems like a natural fit, though, doesn't it? I mean, if you're going to put it with a dealership here in Seattle— Triumph seems like the most likely candidate. It makes
2: sense to yeah. me. Um, and, you know, this reminds me of uh, about six or seven years ago when Dave Roosevelt added genuine scooters to his Ducati shop and sure. everybody's scratching their head. Well, no, don't be scratching your head because what Dave was doing was getting entry-level bikes into his premium European store right. and growing people up. So once you got tired of your scooter, you'd go out and get a monster, right. And, and that's so the natural transition, That right? will give Triumph of Seattle the same opportunity. Now, uh, the big issue is going to be quality,
3: right? Because that's always been sort of the big question mark on Royal Enfields here in the United States. The styling, I think, universally the pretty well appreciated. Is there. Yeah, I
2: like the styling, yeah. uh, but but uh, historically. Even up to, like right now, yeah. the uh, the quality on these bikes has not been a good thing, and right. they need to get that improved as well. You know, if they're going to fix this dealer issue, they need to fix their quality issue too. So we'll see where they go with that.
3: And again, but, you know, I know we've mentioned it on and off a couple of times throughout uh, the uh, couple of years that we've been doing the show now, but North American sales for Royal Enfield, I mean, are literally just like a drop in the bucket. I mean, it's it was something ridiculously low. I think like 1,000 units sold across the country or something.
2: Well, yeah. And it was, yeah. Obviously, it was never a big, big brand here. Yeah. I don't honestly. I don't think it was ever really a big brand here. But back when it was British, right. before it was uh, Indian, sure, uh, it, it did have some popularity here amongst the vintage crowd.
3: But they've, you know, Royal Enfield has my support because of that styling and because of sort of the the ethic behind it of having a simple, basic motorcycle. I think that's, I think that's something that's very appealing to me. That if it's good quality. You know, you can do your own oil changes and that kind of thing, and you know, get maybe ten or twenty years out of it. That's something oh. I'd be interested in.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to imagine getting ten to twenty years out of one of those right now. Well, that's but the but question if they mark, can get right? There,
3: yeah. 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 Uh,
2: Another uh, thing that that will sort of be a transparent deal for people is that Yamaha is just going to absorb the whole Star line back into the Yamaha circle. So that doesn't really mean a lot to you. Unless you own a Star motorcycle, then you know that there's a separate Star Motorcycles website. Right. That will probably fold into the Yamaha website now. Um, And these
3: are their cruiser style. uh, Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. These are all their cruiser bikes. Yeah. From the Virago's up to the roadliners and whatever. Which it makes
3: sense, right? Why not keep it all under one roof? I well, guess
2: so. I, I think what it is, it's a setup for the next recession.
3: Oh, I think they're going
2: to cut some losses. I don't think they have losses right now, but I think they see them coming down the road and they're just kind of pulling in the reins. Sure. So we'll see. we'll see where that goes. Definitely. But, yeah, I, I think for most people that's going to be transparent. Uh, I would imagine we're still going to see the different star chapters, the clubs that are around. That'll probably still continue on. Well, Yamaha
3: makes an excellent motorcycle. There's no question about oh, yeah. that, right? So yeah.
2: Uh, I know from a marketing standpoint, we get both ads for the Yamaha street line, and then the Star ads are separate. Right. So I don't know if we're going to see those get folded together, and when they have a a special deal, it'll include Star and sport bikes and whatever. Sure. We'll we'll find
3: out. Always fun to keep an eye on it, though.
2: Uh, what else is happening? Hey, if you were thinking about going down to, like, the Columbia River Gorge on Forest Service 25 or 23, uh, you need to be using our resources page that has the links to the Forest Service pages that tell us what roads are open. Right. And we could tell you right now, Forest Service 23 will not be open this year.
3: Now, was this because of the flooding, or was that...
2: Flooding up on the... It looks like it's up in the Cispus
3: River area. Okay. So unless you've got uh, some really knobby tires on. No. No, not, They're not at all. even going
2: to do that. They're not even going
3: to let you. They're not, not going
2: to let you through. Okay. So, so you're going to have to come up with some other alternatives, right? Which kind of blows out one of our rides that we had planned for the gorge. But don't worry, we got plenty of places to ride in the gorge. Absolutely. We'll take you to. We, we're going to take them up to a really nice lake. We got a lot of lakes.
3: There's so many, so many <laughs> quote. I mean, not really undiscovered, I suppose, but a lot of roads that people just don't know about. Such open country. It's just be, we'll be fine down there.
2: So you were mentioning earlier about the guy who rode in the back of the truck. Right. And then they took him out of the back of the truck and put him on a life flight down to Harborview. Yeah. Uh, Now, this other guy wasn't so lucky. This is a guy from Silverton that was down riding south of Estacada in Oregon and uh, uh, went to pass a car and didn't work out. He he was on a double yellow line. Uh Uh-oh. And he went to pass the car and then he ran and smacked front into the
3: front of another car. Well, what's the lesson here, do you think, Tom? The
2: lesson here is that when they looked back on the guy's record, he'd already had one crash there doing the exact same thing in the exact area.
3: You know, you really just can't afford to roll the dice that many times in those situations, I don't think. <laughs> I
2: think he had just like healed up. It was only like a year ago Jeez. that he had this happen before. So uh
3: well respect the double yellow lines um, even though you do have a little bit quicker acceleration and that kind of thing and also keep your eyes up.
2: That's right? the real
3: key. Yeah. Keeping
2: your eyes up. Looking, reading that vanishing point.
3: Sure. And we don't I mean I don't know the details on this, but you know these things do happen to uh, a lot of experienced riders, not so much going out on in double yellow lines, but you know that's very important to keep your eyes up and keep your wits about you.
2: Yep. Okay. All right, we're going to uh, take a break here because we got a big calendar coming up. So we're keeping the news bite short, and we'll be right back.
0: Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by the rally in the gorge are you ready to go beyond the main roads since 2003 the rally in the gorge has introduced riders intimately to the awesome secondary and tertiary roads in the columbia river gorge national scenic area with programs for dual sport adventure sport touring and sport bike enthusiasts this is the rally you'll want to return to again and again for more information visit soundrider.com rally hi everyone this is dave richardson from moto international you're listening to the soundrider show Hi, I'm Sharon Coop, and I'm from Surrey, BC. My favorite ride is going out Highway 30 up to Vista House and then we go on over to Larch Mountain for the most amazing view of five volcanoes. A view you will never forget once you've been there. You have to take that ride. It is excellent.
3: Jumping right into the June calendar here on the Sound Riders Show. And I'm telling you what, riders, if you are looking for something to do this month, we have got you covered. Because we've got absolutely bursting at the seams the number of things we've got listed on the calendar here. So let's jump right into it, Tom, and let's tell the good folks about what they can look forward to in June.
2: Well, like my friends at the Hell's Canyon Motorcycle Rally used to say, if you can't find something to do here, right. give up. That's right.
3: <laughs> Cash it in.
2: Uh, all right, well, the uh, month kicks off on uh, June 3rd. We've got the Giant Loop ride coming up down in Oregon. Everybody's going to meet at the shop, and then they're going to buzz on out to a Hot Springs resort and spend uh, two days out there.
3: And Harold always putting together good stuff down there with Giant Loop, too. So
2: Yeah, this is the fifth year for this event, and uh, I think I've got that number right. I don't know. Sure, Maybe somebody will correct me. But uh, that's, that's uh, happening. And then on Saturday uh, up in Wenatchee, uh, if you want to take your cruiser bike or your touring bike up and do the Rally in the Valley, Run for Animals. And this is being put on out of uh, Wenatchee Power Sports. So uh, always some great roads around there. You know, a lot of times people just go down Highway 2. Yeah, and they don't know there's a ton of little side roads between Wenatchee and Leavenworth that right. you can ride.
3: That's a uh, that's an article I'd like to see at some point in the future, right? Yeah. Just some of those offshoots from might Highway have to Two. Do like a, yeah. a,
2: a day ride loop around the Wenatchee area.
3: Absolutely, there. I think that'd be great. You'd sign me up.
2: Uh, also, on the fourth is going to be the Black Dog Dual Sport back at the Hood River County Fairgrounds. That's
3: right, down in Odell, Oregon.
2: Odell, Odella.
3: Is it Odella or is it Odell? <laughs> no, it's Odell. Who the hell knows, right?
2: Uh, so that's happening. That's always a popular one. I think this is like the the twentieth year or more.
3: Well, it's good for been those doing guys. It for a long time. Yeah, we see that come up from time to time. So uh, best of luck for uh, best of luck to them this year.
2: And, and I'll have to check in with him because uh, that'll kind of give me an idea of what's going on with the roads down there. Because right. you know we heard, we talked about uh, the the all the flooding up on on service twenty three and twenty five, sure. but that means there could be some. Some issues we're going to have to work around with for our rally. And so, one of the benefits is we can learn from all these guys, and then we know where to route people this year.
3: See, that's why the rally in the gorge is the best because we've got all this insider knowledge. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. It's the (laughs) best routes and the best rally.
3: And the best people. Right?
2: (laughs) That's what Donald Trump said.
3: (laughs) There we go. Tremendous, tremendous rally. Uh,
2: Tacoma, June 8th, Wednesday night, Grit City motorcycle night. Again, happening. So go hang out with your best pals. They always want me to go down, but I don't want to go down in the traffic. That traffic,
3: know. yeah, it can be a little tough to manage, but one of these days, right?
2: Yeah. And then uh, on the 11th and 12th, that uh, weekend down in the Portland area, we've got the Omer racing going on. I think it's round two for them down there. right? Uh, and that'll be at the racetrack in, oh, well, it's in, it's in Portland. It's up on the north end of the city. Uh, on the 12th uh jessica with uh south sound motorcycles is doing a ladies beginning dual sport ride and so uh, that's great
3: getting a a few more uh women riders involved which is always good we talk about that here from time to time on sound rider
2: yeah and then anyone who feels confident at the end of that day can uh head on out for the uh, sasquatch dual sport tour on the 13th through now you're speaking
3: my language quick turnaround there you get up to (laughs) speed on your knowledge Buy a new motorcycle and head on out.
2: Everything you need to know for Sasquatch. We'll talk more about Sasquatch in the next segment when we cover some of our events. Um, Wednesday the 15th, uh, up in Seattle, Backfire Moto Night, always a popular one.
3: And worth checking out, always this time of year. and. (laughs) You know, I, I think I say it just about every time we mention it, but such great restaurants in Ballard, too. So lots of reasons to go down there.
2: That's, I usually end up going out to eat after. Yeah. I should probably eat first and then go, because and, and it's like this rotating cast of characters going in and out of that area where the event is. That's true. You know, and I, I'll say this is uh, the party starts when you get there, and it ends
3: when you leave. That's so. absolutely true. A great time. Even if you're from out of the area, worth the ride down there at least once this summer.
2: And the uh, Oregon BMW riders will be putting on their annual Chief Joseph rally on the 17th of June to the 19th. Always a popular one. Uh, I know that David Huff will be speaking. Oh, great. Um, He'll probably be telling you, why not to ride a motorcycle?
3: (laughs) John Day, Oregon. John Day, Oregon. uh,
2: Always kind of guaranteed to rain at some point during the rally. Sure. Sure. But that's uh, that's what we get when we live in the Pacific Northwest. That's a beautiful area, I was nice roads say, to ride, gorgeous area. They'll give you a map and tell you where to ride when you get there. So, uh, okay, on the eighteenth on Saturday, one day only this year, is the Festival of Raw Power at at Skagit Power Sports, and basically this is free dyno runs all day. Nice, but it's a contest too, and they will let you make up your own class. So if you want to create a class called dr three fifty
3: class, there you can go. do it, and you'll probably win. I think I might be the only guy down there. But. Or if you have a
2: club or a couple riding buddies, and you all want to go up and create your own class, like right. you know members of John's riding club, then sure. you can compete against each other, and and they you know they do little awards and stuff like that. That's
3: awesome, and no charge too. No so charge. So it's a, yeah. a
2: chance for you to get your bike on a dyno, not have to pay for it, and get some numbers out of
3: it. That sounds like a good time. And again, that's on the eighteenth over our friends at uh, Power sports.
2: So, like, what do you think your dr 350 What do you think you turn on a dyno? Think you'd, you think you get 10 horsepower on it? No,
3: I think, actually, I think officially, according to the owner's manual, at least when it was new, I think it's like 32 horsepower or something. Oh, see? Yeah. So,
2: there you go. You could go check it, see if it's higher or lower.
3: That's right. Yeah. Or I could uh, go talk to our friends out at Happy Trails and maybe uh he'd let me borrow his um, 440 Big Bore kit on his DR350. Oh, okay. Right.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I figured after after last summer, you probably might have loosened <laughs> a few things up in there a little bit. And it got get a
3: higher number. It got rattled around a little bit. That's <laughs> another story for another time, though. All
2: right, June 18th and 19th, uh, the MotoFit group will be doing their track day out at the Ridge. Um there are many track days going on now, yeah. so you really need to go to the Soundwriter calendar to see what all is offered. Uh, we've got them out there for everybody. Too Fast, OPRT, it just goes on and on and, and on.
3: throughout the summer, too.
2: Throughout the summer. But we like the guys at MotoFit, yeah. so we mentioned them on the show. That's right. That's MotoFit track that's all, days. That's all. You just, we just got to like you, and we'll mention you.
3: Hey, it goes a long way, definitely.
2: Uh okay, uh flat track racing at Rainier Cycle Bowl on Saturday the 18th. Great way to spend a Saturday night. Yep. Yeah. Got a nice view of Mount Rainier, probably, too. That's right. I haven't been to the track there. I don't know.
3: Well, it's a good jump start on Father's Day, too, the following day.
2: Yeah, exactly. You can do this flat track cycle bowl on Saturday night, and then on the 19th, you can buzz on up to Burien and do the Father's Day car and motorcycle show.
3: Well, it sounds like a pretty good weekend, I'd say, right? Late June, you get a little motorcycle action, some classic cars. I mean, what, what could be better than that? Spend some time with Dad. Yeah.
2: And, uh, and then on the uh, 23rd... Through the 26th is the Tour Tech Rally in Leavenworth, Washington. Always
3: a popular event.
2: And we will be there. We're going to be down there, that's for sure. So come visit us at the Soundwriter tent. You can, you can come over and take your picture with Derek.
3: Yeah, and I think Tom's going to be on a silver wing.
2: Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> that's not going to happen. I'll be in the element. And uh, Lee is going to be there, too. Cool, right on. Uh, you know, anybody who remembers the April show... Liam Stewart. That's right. He's going to be there, so it's this a chance to meet all the people <laughs> from Soundwriter that you've wanted to
3: meet from listening to the show. The personalities, right?
2: And then on the 25th, we've got the Oregon Motorcycle Expo, and there's details about that on the calendar and a link to their website.
3: So the Oregon Motorcycle Expo, this is the first I've ever heard of that. Do you know much about it? or
2: I have not been to this before. Okay. So I can't speak firsthand on it, but I know they've been doing this for a few years now. And uh, I think it's, I don't know, it's like some vintage stuff and some cruiser stuff. I'm not sure.
3: Well, it's in Portland on the uh, 25th. And if you go to the Soundwriter calendar, you can click the link and find out more on their webpage.
2: Actually, I think it's a custom show. Oh, right on. Not not vintage. So, yeah, exactly. Go to the calendar, check out the things you want to do, use the links... Find out what's going on in your neighborhood and have a, a bitchin'
3: j. Yeah, that's what you should do. Absolutely.
2: All right. We're going to be back in a minute and we'll be talking about what's going on with our events that are coming this summer as well as uh, one that we just wrapped up.
3: That's so-
0: right. Stay tuned. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Moon Motorcycles, a family run operation located in Isquah, Washington. Moon Motorcycles features a diverse selection of used bikes to choose from. Whether you're shopping for a used sport bike, cruiser, dual sport, sport touring, or street standard, you owe it to yourself to visit Moon Motorcycles and look over their large inventory. Have you got a used bike you want to consign? Get in touch with Moon Motorcycles today. Hello, this is Bob Owen from the SoundRider Crew. The Northwest is indeed a great place to ride a motorcycle both on the pavement and off. But right now you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. Hi,
1: I'm Jim from Seattle. My primary bike is a Triumph Explorer 1200. My favorite riding is in Northern British Columbia. <music>
3: a in time here on this June episode of the Soundrider <laughs> Show, and we're gonna talk a little more Soundrider here, because this is the season of Soundrider events, and you know, we always like to bring our listeners and our readers up to speed on that, because you know, these events are really inspired by the terrain, by our experiences, and you know what, if you come on out, you're gonna have a hell of a lot of fun. We just got through with one, which was the, ca- well, we got one going on, the Cafe to Cafe, just finished up the road trip. Cafe to Cafe in full swing right now, though, Tom, tell our listeners a little bit about that and uh, whether or not they can still sign up and where they can do it.
2: So, yes, people can still sign up for the Café to Café Grand Tour. Great. And uh, when you sign up, then we mail you out a number card and a list of 15 restaurants that you need to ride to at any time between now and the end of September. And take your picture with your bike in front of the restaurant. And then if you want the bonus points, you go inside, get some food, save your receipt. And people are having a good time. Yeah. are having a lot of fun out there this year. We've got a record number of people doing it this
3: year. Huge number of signups. Early, too. I mean, all throughout the year, people yeah. were clamoring to as get on As soon as they could sign board. up, they yeah. were signing up. And this is one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, the weekend's coming around, and you're thinking, oh, where am I going to go on ride? Well, Tom will make a great suggestion for you, restaurant-wise, and you find your way out there. And I can guarantee you, you will enjoy both the ride and the food.
2: Yeah, and we're getting uh, pictures of the food in that people are eating, so we're putting those up on Facebook now and then, so people can see what some of the meals are out there. And uh, we've got places scattered all over Washington, Oregon, Canada, and uh, interestingly enough, I put the bonus locations in Idaho this year. Nice. So you don't have to go to Idaho; you could still win this. You know, uh, earn your certificate of completion.
3: Sure, but why not go to Idaho, right? Well, yeah. That's what I say. I mean, it's beautiful out there in the summertime.
2: So, uh, and I've already, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I've already crafted up the 2017 Cafe to Cafe. Already underway. It Look has cute. a little theme to it. It's going to be a lot of fun.
3: You know, it must be hard work riding your motorcycle and eat at all these great restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but speaking of riding motorcycles, let's talk about an event, because I want to know, I didn't have a chance to go on this with you this year, but the road trip, which is always a fun, uh, a fun trip. And changes a little bit every year. Where did you guys go this year, and how did it how did it, uh, how did it go?
2: It went really well. Yeah, um, we went from Long Beach, Washington, up into Canada, following the Columbia River. Beautiful. And uh, we had eleven people out on the tour this year. And uh, we we some of the highlights were we visited the uh, Grays covered bridge in Washington, which is the only fully wooden covered bridge left in the state of Washington. Really, Oregon has like sixty. But uh, this is the only one in the
3: state of Washington. Still two lanes, or is it like a single lane bridge?
2: Eh, it's pretty much one lane. Okay. Even the owl told me that. That flew out as I rode in. Right.
3: <laughs> so does it see still quite a bit of regular traffic up there, or is it? Well,
2: but it's off the main road, so sure. you know you can go and visit it. And if they're not doing a special event, which is you know, most of the time they're not, Sure. Uh, then you can ride the motorcycle through it. So I took the camera out and took pictures of people riding through so nice. they could have those as mementos. And yes, I'll, I'll get those out eventually. I right. just kind of got to get back, get unburied from everything
3: here. And there's still 60 wooden bridges in Oregon, huh? In Oregon, yeah. They've actually
2: Man. restored a bunch of them. So you could do a whole wooden bridge tour.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That'd, that'd be an interesting take. We yeah. Talk
2: about hydrotherapy
3: tour. I right. could do a wooden bridge tour. The timber tour.
2: I'd rather do. I'd rather be in a hot tub at the end of every day. <laughs> you could probably you could probably combine them up, you know. Yeah, make it
3: happen anyway.
2: Uh, so then we we did some of the uh, old Pacific Highway. Yeah, and we went up to a place called Shirley Gordon Road, which gets you up about twenty five hundred feet with a, a really great view looking down to right. the Columbia River. Uh, it was a little overcast, so it wasn't as stunning. But you could see, you know, you could always go back.
3: Yeah, that's true. Um,
2: that was great up there. Uh, we went through uh, Battleground, Washington, which, you know, when I went through Battleground 10, 15 years ago, it was no problem. But uh, I'll tell you what, that's land of a thousand school buses now.
3: Changed up a little bit, huh?
2: So we got through that, uh, cruised around the Washougal River, and then uh, checked in at uh, Cascade Locks, Oregon. That was our first day. That's I don't, that's I probably don't yeah. need to run through all the details here, but I'll just tell you some of the highlights. We went to... Uh, uh, Dry Falls, um, out in uh, sort of the Scablands, the Coulee area out there. Uh, we, we took a road called the Baghdad Road and got a really beautiful view of the um, of the Grand Coulee Dam.
3: You know, you talk about sort of some of the dynamic weather here. It's like every day, even if you do that trip, you know, every year for five years, the views are going to be just a little bit different.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, know? yeah. And I had every possible layer... I was able to, you know, shed layers off and be cool when it was sure. hot. And then I had stuff to keep warm, which really came in handy on the way home. Right. Um, I'll still tell you a little, about that one. I, I was
3: going to say, this. still a little bit early in the season here when you're going up north like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, last year, Sonoma. Um, what are you thinking for maybe next year? Any ideas?
2: I don't ha- I haven't. It hasn't come to me yet. Okay.
3: Yeah, I don't still, know. It's still early, but I figured if you had any insight there, you know. Yeah. Maybe the Mexican road trip. La Fiesta.
2: Mm, I I really like doing them kind of close to home. Of
3: course, yeah. Um, Well, it's a little more, it's a little easier too to get uh, people on board, right?
2: Yeah. There is probably another Canadian tour we could do. I just, I just always worry about doing Canada because the weather is so sketchy. Very. And it doesn't matter what time of year. That's true. And if it starts raining, it can go for a few days. Yeah. Off that
3: northern Pacific coast, it's like you can turn on a dime. Certainly.
2: Yeah, but we went up to um, Creston in Canada. And overnighted there, and then we rode on the uh, the best highway in all of Canada, 31A. And I tell you, man, that road, going east to west, it starts off with this, like, 270-degree sweeper turn. Nice. And that's, like, telling you right then, you're going to have a fun time the next hour.
3: <laughs> well, it sounds like a good time. Canada's beautiful, too. I mean, always always worthwhile to take a trip up there in the summer.
2: So then uh, Connie and I stayed a couple extra days, and uh, I left the bike at the hotel, and we sort of toured wine country up in Kelowna, which is nice, because I really like wines out of the Okanagan Valley. So uh, I was able to get some of the ones I liked that, you know, you can't get them here. The the taxation is so high on them that nobody will sell them. And frankly, Canada wants to keep them for themselves.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if you're going to put your uh, tariffs to work, that's one way to do it.
2: But on the way home, we went over the Cascades Highway, and we got up there to Washington Pass, and it was probably about 38 degrees. And uh, that's when I learned, you know, I, I'm a big believer in a heated seat and heated grips. Definitely. But they don't cut it at 38 degrees. That's for
3: sure. Yeah, a long way to go.
2: Fortunately, I had brought the Gordon's heated gear along, and I popped off at the rest stop and switched into that, and I finally... Felt good again. World of difference, right? And went through both passes in all that heat. But uh, without that stuff, I would have been miserable. My core temperature it was dropping by the time i hit washington pass and i knew i wasn't going to make it down to rainy pass very happy so
3: yeah and that's a dangerous situation to be in definitely when you start talking about lower temperatures yeah but really just a simple addition of uh you know planning your layers accordingly and then that heated gear and you're talking year-round riding
2: had i not had the heated gear i what i would have done was pulled off at the rest area and and walked about a mile right to build my core temp up inside again sure See, we're already up to the tip section of the show,
3: folks. There you go. <laughs> nonstop.
2: But um but it was it was a great trip. Really nice nice it ride sounds back Sounds beautiful, home. yeah.
3: And great to hear, you know, you had 11 people with you too. That's always nice to get uh And
2: a real nice mix of people. A couple of people with Harleys, a couple guys on BMWs, a guy on a Ducati, a guy on a Kawasaki Concours. Right. Uh, I have the, uh, NC 700X, the bike that doesn't know what it is. Right.
3: <laughs> well, that's actually one of the great things about the road trip is that it is open to sort of all styles of riding and yeah. all bikes and, uh, switching gears though, a little bit to what's coming up here a little bit later this month, Sasquatch, we're talking dual sport oriented.
2: Yeah. Right? Sasquatch coming up and, uh, that's going to be a good one. Um, uh, we've got the first three days pre-ridden already. Great. Uh, half of the... Uh, no we've got the first read we have to we had to do a major revision on the front end and we had to blow out a whole section because it's it's not passable um, down in the Kelso Longview area right so we we're, we're, we'll uh, By the time you hear this show, (laughs) I will have sent out the email to everybody who's registered to tell them that we're changing the plans a little bit on day one. And so uh, they won't need to overnight in Long Beach the night before.
3: Well, that's one of the great things about signing up for a tour like this, especially a sound rider tour, is that, uh, first of all, the emphasis on riding, but some of this pre-planning. This is information that if you're just going to sit at your kitchen table and pop out the Atlas, especially in the Northwest, and think, hey, I'm going to go ride here. You might be in for some rude surprises unless you have somebody doing a little bit of the research work for you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Now, uh the the we're we're still working on getting pre writing done on day four and five. Sure. So that's happening. Um, but it's going to be a good trip. We're going to, uh, again, we're going to follow the Columbia River in a different way. Right. And um, we'll go up into Canada. And uh, for me, the coup d'etat is going to be if we can get over Grays Creek Pass. It's one of the highest passes in Canada and uh, that you can take a vehicle over. It's like 5,800 feet.
3: That's pretty high up here, especially in the northwest. We're talking about potentially some snow, Right. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah, that's that's what's going on. And that road doesn't officially open until July 1st, so we'll be up there on the 16th. Right. So hopefully we're going to be uh, able to get through. But even if we don't, you know what? I say, let's, let's go right up to the snow line, turn the bikes around, and then we'll go to the other side and we'll ride up to the snow line there. Sure. Because uh, that's always, you know, you still get a lot of the great views and stuff when you do that.
3: Now, I was wondering today when you gave me that snow shovel and told me it was an early birthday present, I thought, <laughs> I thought that was to remind me of my homeland in Michigan, but now I'm starting to think twice.
2: I'm going to put you in front of my bike that's and then right. I'll be able to go. <laughs> yeah.
3: Half a mile an hour. But, of course, uh, our biggest event coming up in August, too, and we're hard at work getting people uh, signed up, not just guests, but also getting uh, the rides um, planned out and also getting some guest speakers and that kind of thing, Rally in the Gorge coming up in the end of August.
2: Yep, that's coming up, and um, the schedule will be posted at the end of June. Right. So what I need to do is come back from Sasquatch, Take a day off and catch up, and then we'll get into the rally, and we'll get the first version of the schedule up. Uh, We have a number of guest speakers already lined up. I just need to slot them all into where they're going to go. We'll have Dr. Greg Frazier there this year. Awesome. He's going to be presenting a a really nice slideshow on his uh, Clancy's ride. And then uh, I've got Team Morgan coming in. They're going to be doing presentation on riding skills. I've got a number of people doing riding skills. Sure. Uh, the dirt first guys are coming down to the rally, and they'll be yep. teaching two classes. Well, we
3: talked to Whitney last month on the show, and he'll mm-hmm. be down there again.
2: We've got an all-new fun run this year. Uh, all-new route for everybody. So, I mean, I'll say it's all-new route. Some of these roads we've used in the past. Sure. But but there's certain roads on this fun run this year that no one ha- – we've never used them either on a fun run or just as a recommended ride.
3: Well, it's always a highlight, the fun run. You know, you have people who've gone back uh, years and years, actually, who still comment on, like, Facebook and send you emails and say, hey, you know, what's the deal with the fun run this year? What's it going to be like? Because uh, there's always a lot of anticipation for that.
2: Yeah, and you know, I, I mix it up every year, and and I'll probably do sort of a standard style fun run where there will be checkpoints that you'll ride into, and someone will be there, and we'll we'll do something like you pull a card, or you'll sure. you'll have to throw a dart, or who knows.
3: You know, I had such a great time last year at the rally, and I was really impressed too. As soon as we got back, we started to see sign-ups. I mean, we put the uh, this year's rally, two thousand and sixteen, up on the uh, the store, the SoundRider store. Just I think a couple of weeks after 2015 ended, and we had return buyers just immediately. People looking forward to this year again.
2: Yeah, I think we actually got the registration open this year. It was around January, right? But I'll what my plan is that I'm going to just basically get it open as soon as I get back from the rally. I sure. Get the 2017 open because I want people to be able to buy that as a gift for somebody as a Christmas gift. Yeah. So uh, and and we've got the store where it's easy enough to do that now. So uh, that's probably what we'll do. Right.
3: Well, I'm telling you, I'm look- really looking forward to uh, having Dr. Greg Fraser there. We interviewed him. How many months has that been? A couple of that months. That was about a year now. ago. Was it a that year was that already?
2: Show that we did. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
3: And uh, that's going to be a really great day, I think, spending all day out in the sunshine, hopefully riding around, and then coming back to the campground at night and listening to uh, Dr. Frazier speak for. Um, a half hour, 90 minutes, or however long he's got He'll planning. be
2: doing his presentation on Saturday night. Okay. We'll be doing the Burger feed again on Thursday night. Beautiful. Um, I'm not sure all the entertainment that's going on right now, but it'll it'll be the three-ring circus like it always is. The oh, way
3: it should be. It'll be a beautiful time down there in uh, Hood River.
2: So, yeah, so that's...
3: Guess that's the uh, events. Well that's kind of the run through of the events there. But let me ask you, do you ever think about um doing I because mean, this is a lot to handle. I mean, you do a lot of this stuff on your own. You have some, you know, people helping out, but do you ever think about adding anything? Is there any sort of tour that or, or event that you've kind of kept in your mind and thought, you know, maybe one day uh, this is something that I'd like to get running?
2: Well, we have done like a winter event. It's yeah. called the, the cabin fever event, sure. and we didn't get much action on that.
3: I you. Gotcha. Winter time's a little tough, definitely. Yeah, we just,
2: what we wanted to do was let people know that all the state parks, whether it's Washington, Idaho, or Oregon, have uh, these cabins that they have open all year, and you can go out and rent a cabin. Right. And they got heat in them and stuff, and so it's a chance for you to go and do some motorcycle touring, and, and you won't be in a tent. You'll be in a cabin, so if it's raining or whatever. Um, I thought it was, <laughs> was going to be a lot of fun, but we really didn't have much Didn't have many people.
3: Sure. Well, it can be a little tricky to get people just mentally over the hump to go on a winter tour like that, right?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. And then we had uh, another year, we had one called the Island Fever. Where they had to, we we gave them a list of like thirty islands in the Puget Sound that they had to take their motorcycle to and get a picture in front of a road sign or nice. whatever. Yeah, it eh, we we'll probably had, I think a dozen people play that one. Sure. So you know, it's not, It's, it's got to kind of be worth the time that we have. To well, there's a in lot of work. Yeah, creating the materials and all that. So right. Uh, the nice thing is this year we've got July open. So I can sit here, and while you guys are all out enjoying the sunshine, I'll I'll be working up here, creating the maps and creating the routes and everything for the rallies and uh, all the many, many things that go on with that. So
3: Definitely. Well, always good to look forward to uh, Sasquatch and Rally coming up here. Sasquatch again in June and the Rally at the end of August. Uh, I'm hoping to be at both. Certainly we'll be at the Rally this year. So come on out, shake hands, have a good time, right?
2: Yeah. So, we got a couple tips and tricks. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with those
0: in just a moment. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by the Moto Fit Group. Providing track days in both Oregon and Washington, the Motofit Group helps riders experience the next level of their riding abilities and takes them to the zone where the bike and rider become one. Find out more or sign up for a track day today at themotofitgroup.com. Hello, this is Harold Olaf Cecil from Giant Loop and you're listening to The Sound
1: Rider Show.
0: My name's Dana. I live in Seattle. I ride an R100GS. I like to ride around the Cascades.
2: Hello, riders. We're back. And uh, we've got a couple tips and tricks for you before we sign off here. And uh, it's always fun doing this because we don't tell each other what we're doing. So, Derek, uh, I have no idea what you're going to tell us. What do you got?
3: That's right. Well, it happens to, or it just so happens that we kind of uh, touched a little bit on um, my tip here, which was to check your base layers. You talked about heated gear. But this month, I actually just went out and bought a new Merino base layer. Um, which is great for both hot and cold temperatures. And that can really make a world of difference. You know, it packs up light, but it's great for camping. It's great for riding. You never know. You start getting into these elevations and that kind of thing. One moment, it's 100 degrees. And the next thing you know, you're up in 40-degree weather and uh, having a good pair of base layers, it'll really it'll save your life.
2: So Merino is a wool. That's right. And uh, as I understand it, it's a mole that you can only get from New Zealand. Is that correct?
3: That is correct. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, it is. Kind it of like a from, French burgundy wine, huh? Something like that, yes. And it gets better with age, too. Um, but, yeah, it's very comfortable. You can machine wash and dry it. It's really lightweight. It also uh, it also works pretty good in the heat, too. So even if uh, you just want to cover yourself up from sunburns and that kind of thing, it's great. Also, I'm a backpacker as well, and uh, it works really good on the trail. So great all-purpose uh, merino base layer, something that I always go with. In fact, I'm wearing the long-sleeve merino shirt, right as now. we speak. Yeah. Was it a little bit pricey? It is a little expensive. So I think it's about 60 bucks for a long-sleeve top and 60 bucks for a long-sleeve bottom. But really, it's something that you will have for a long time. It's also sort of like odor-resistant too, so it holds uh-huh. up. You don't have to wash it too much uh, when you're out on the trail and that kind of thing. You can go for a week without washing it. Super comfortable, soft on the skin too, and still that wool, so it kind of sheds water. Pretty and so well. that
2: wool comes from sheep, right?
3: Yeah, as far as I know, yeah.
2: So I, I, you know, I always wanted to have two sheep. Yeah, and I was going to name them Me and You.
3: <laughs> but uh, maybe this will be the year. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> look out uh, next year for. I just, I
2: just need like 200 more people to come to rally, and I can afford to get these two just sheep a and sheep. the grazing area. For yeah, it. and yeah.
3: then we'll be making our own merino layers here and uh, the SoundRider HQ.
2: All right, well, interesting because I have one also about staying warmer. Excellent. Well, let's hear it. And this is uh, something that I reached for a couple of times on the road trip and didn't have it. Is uh, a little neck warmer, a little neck collar guy. Sure. Doesn't have to be the thick. Insulite type of thing. Right. Uh, But you know, like the little, uh, uh, what do they call them? Heads or the things you can use on your head for helmet liners. Yep. But you know, you you just pull those down around your neck. And uh, really having something around your neck helps to keep the heat in because your body wants to send it all up and out of your collar. Yep. So when you have that uh, little neck warmer or neck.
3: I call it a neck gator. A neck gator, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, a neck gator. That's what it is. Uh, that makes a big difference. It and, does. And 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 when you get into like fall and winter riding, you really notice the difference. Then I don't know why I didn't have it in my jacket. I, I need to go and stick it back in. But uh, well, that's a-
3: you don't. Know, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually have a merino neck gator. Oh man! Yeah, <laughs> and I'll tell you too. Last summer. When I went out and saw the guys in Happy Trails, uh, I was installing the uh, aluminum panniers in the driveway of the Happy Trails parking lot in July. And uh, I usually pack light so I didn't have a ball cap or anything. I took that Merino neck gaiter, pulled it up over my head. Oh, yeah. Prevented the sunburn there, too.
2: Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing you can do is you wear a neck gaiter even when it's hot out. Yes. And... um, that, I think we talked about bees one day on the show. Right. Um, you know, you, I, don't, I don't like getting bee stings in my neck, and I'm no good way. for one about every two or three years. Yep. So that's a way to keep the bees out of your neck. Uh, the only thing you got to be careful about is when you take it off. Right. Because they might be in there, and they might still be alive.
3: Rolled in the folds. Yeah, and you're right. We did talk about that. Actually, on my ride back from last year's rally, I had one go up my sleeve a bee, I managed to pull over and shake it out, but uh, a pretty big bee went right up to sleep there. So
2: you thinking about maybe getting some Merino wrist gaiters?
3: I tell you what, cover me head to toe, a, one, a Merino onesie, <laughs> and uh, I'll just keep everything but out. get so. you
2: a Merino unitard. That's it, man, that?
3: yep. Stay warm at night and stay safe from bees on the road. So.
2: All right, well, hey, that's our show this month. We'll be back in July with another show. We, uh, we really appreciate you guys listening, and uh, always feel free to comment on Facebook or send us an email That's or right. whatever and let us know what we can do better on the show. And uh, until then, we want you to ride safe and ride often and don't
3: ride like my mother. And don't ride like my mother either. Get out there and ride this month, and we'll see you in July. The Sound Writer Show was made possible by today's
1: sponsors and the patients of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on The Sound Rider Show.